0: So I'm on my way to meet Jenny Thielen on the planet Facilitia in the year 2050, where she founded an entire ecosystem for daring facilitative leaders all over the universe.
1: Welcome to my post-it. Palace Space Cowboy.
0: Thank you, Jenny, for hosting me. I am here to invite you on an adventure back in time, back to planet Earth to investigate what has happened uh, and how have how has leadership evolved during this uh, crazy uh, unknown times of uncertainty. And specifically, we're going to go back to around the pandemic to see the evolution of leadership.
1: Oh, that sounds really exciting. I can't wait.
0: Awesome. Let's go. So we just landed in Stockholm. Now it's uh, 2023. And uh, do you remember what happened during this uh, crazy transformational times of uncertainty?
1: Well, uh, as a 70 plus, uh, facilitator, my hair is still blonde and pink sometimes. Um, but I do remember these years as being very exciting actually for someone who loves learning. So if we would take a step back in time to, you know, we had business as usual and everything was pretty okay. And then suddenly this huge pandemic hit and business definitely did not stay usual. It became highly unusual. And the interesting thing with this crisis is that a lot of leaders and a lot of companies dared to do things that they would regularly, normally never do. And uh, for the ones that didn't dare to test and try new things, you know, unfortunately, there was a lot of layoffs and a lot of bankruptcies, but it really sort of highlighted some of these um, Dare Masters, which they were then uh, called.
0: Could you tell me a little bit more about these dare, dare Masters? Who are they and why are they so special?
1: Well, at the moment, uh, in 2050, you know, where I live on Pasolitia, a lot of them are with me there. It's become this sort of resort for them to go and, and really sort of embrace um, old school stuff, just like post its. They don't exist anymore. Anyway, I digress. So these masters were created um, by a group of leaders who really understood that the key for their success was collaboration and teamwork. And this, it has always been a given, but through this pandemic, it really sort of um, uh, multiplied in interest because suddenly they had teams that were distributed, you know, they, they couldn't have their water cooler talks anymore and they realized they really need to start working better together. So some of these daring individuals started looking at this concept of facilitative leadership, which was basically them taking a leadership role in facilitating their team's future. They were kind of stepping out of the process a bit themselves and focusing on all the people around them. And through this process, they they managed to identify key skills that these, um, these team members needed to develop, you know, to, to stay ahead of the curve, they helped them learn together, they helped uh, facilitate for everything from AI and big data and these things that were just popping up out of left and right, and they really worked out how they could harness the collective intelligence and power of their team in developing these skills.
0: Oh my God, that sounds so fun and so innovative and so uh, lush. So tell me a little bit more about the social influence of this during their masters.
1: Well, it definitely was lush. I really like that word to begin with. And because they started practicing in this way, it had a ripple effect. So they used their platforms and their voices and their powers and social influence to make sure that this Daring way of leading uh, spread, and by doing that, the the dare masters group grew exponentially, and uh, and it really really set a mark on these uh, teams thriving.
0: So I'm curious, uh, could you tell me what did they what did these uh, dare masters dare to do differently?
1: One of the biggest things that I saw was that they dared to create. They really tried to, uh, facilitate, uh, innovation and ideation and creativity within their teams. And they did this through loads of different ways. They, they, um, organized innovation mashups. they, um, got them to, uh, think about, uh, things in a different way. They, um, they made sure that the environment that they worked within was open and safe enough to share ideas because that's not a normal case in a lot of companies. You know, people tend to, you know, keep their ideas because they don't want to seem um, dumb. So they really they really worked on the space and they worked on the methodology within the team. Like how could they be more creative? Uh, and they really, yeah, that's one of the things that they dared to do differently.
0: So what did they do differently that made sure that everybody's voice was heard?
1: Well, they dared to empathize and they dared to listen, which were two things that needed a lot of practice and listening beyond words being said, you know, looking at body language, trying to read between the lines and making sure that they really understood their team. And from the pandemic uh, times, having the opportunity creating the opportunity to invite your team members to actually share what happened to them during that time not just professionally but personally as well and helping to sort of gather these insights and help them to uh, um, and help them basically to feel more safe
0: i see i see and how did they do that then
1: well um they employed uh they deployed um a whole bunch of activities They uh, facilitated silent workshops, which was also unheard of in many of the industries. Now, who would attend a silent workshop? But they did do that to make sure that all the voices were heard because there was that um, equalizer in time and space where they could sit and work on something in complete silence and then share afterwards. So that was one of the ways. They also taught their team members about active listening and what it actually means and gave them little, little uh, tricks like after every meeting, summarize what you heard and repeat it back to the person that you've been listening to. Because that showed not only that you were listening, but it also helps you to sort of nail the key um, insights that you got from whatever you were listening to.
0: So by daring to empathize, they must have heard all sorts of things.
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the big things that separated the daremasters to sort of the the other, the regular managers and leaders was that they really listened to their employees when it came to how they want to work. So if we look at um, self-determination theory, which was very trendy uh, around this time, the their team members had been practicing autonomy, competence, and relatedness by everybody being in the same boat. They were working from home. They were setting their own time and agenda. They were somewhat being their own boss uh, and designing a lifestyle that worked for them. Uh, In some cases, it worked really well. And in some cases, it was true hardship because they had their kids at home because the schools were closed or, you know, any other things like that. So these daremasters, they gathered all these insights from their team members in how this period was, what they enjoyed about it, what they learned from it. And then them collectively as a team decided, okay, we are going to spend X amount of days at home a week. We're going to use the office in a different way. We're going to use it as a social meeting point. We're going to use it as a learning zone. We're going to use it as a bar or disco. We're going to use it differently. And by doing this, uh, they really helped motivate their team members because, again, after the pandemic, having been forced back in the office, that inner motivation, gone. They had just felt a little teaser of what it was like to find that inner motivation, work in the way that sort of made sense to them, forcing them back in the office, and it was gone. Then they're mixed with, Team members who may have absolutely hated working from home—they do their best. They find their inner motivation at work. So, how do you facilitate them working together if that's so completely different in in uh, working styles?
0: And it sounds like a culture has uh, has to be reinvented, and these their masters are really the masters of facilitating the culture for the teams with different types of motivational. Uh, backgrounds so whether that be high or low motivations they have to figure that out
1: exactly and that's what sets them apart is that they they really look at this team you know they're not just deciding for them you know it's very um another thing that they actually dared to do was design you know to look at everything with a design lens to look at um the environment from a design perspective, to look at uh, like a user experience perspective, what was their experience in the way they worked during the pandemic and their experience in coming back, what were the insights that they could pull from that? And they did it without judgment. They did it with uh, a, a appreciative and positive intent to make sure that they as a team and as a company could thrive in this uh, new normal.
0: That really sounds like they had to welcome a whole new set of skills into their portfolio of skills to deal with this new environment and new teams, uh, new team members with varying motivational challenges.
1: Exactly that, because just as creativity isn't a talent, it's a way of operating, so is facilitation. You can learn it. And these leaders, they really like took their matters also into their own head. Uh, found their own inner motivation in pushing their team forward.
0: So it took only four years for them to do all of this?
1: Yes. And by 2027, we were seeing a completely different corporate landscape and we were seeing highly effective teams. They were self-driven. We saw a lot more uh, peer learning and knowledge sharing and less traditional learning, more learning on the job. Uh, and these facilitative leaders, you know, the the feeling of pride, and um, it was just amazing. It was amazing, and there was this whole community of dare masters who were just, yeah, it was a good time. Twenty twenty seven was the year.
0: We're not gonna go into what happened next after twenty twenty seven. That adventure is for another time. But could you give us some uh, tips and tricks uh, that you learned from these dare masters that? Uh people can bring into their lives, that the leaders and managers can bring into their lives?
1: Absolutely. You know, I, I like to see learning as something that's um, uh, embodied in us. You know, we are all learning by default. We're born learning. So looking at um, facilitative leadership, how can you uh, figure out... Um, what's in your heart, like what, what is it that you love that, you're passionate about, because I don't know about you, but when I'm newly in love, I dare to do more. I go on like crazy dates. I would never have gone on those dates, you know, so finding uh, a passion of something that you really love, uh, is, is one step on the way. And then, you know, looking at the rest of your body, you know, what, uh, how can you get your hands dirty? Because it's all about doing, right? So thinking of every little thing as a dare is one way to do this. So you go to a conference or you, you listen to a lecture, try and translate what they're saying into a challenge for yourself. So it's like, okay, they're talking about a creative environment. It's like, okay, I dare myself to go and create a creative environment. I dare myself to ask someone from a different department on feedback on our environment if it's creative. So think of it in in those terms. Um, And then, you know, it's also about uh, letting your hair down, being creative and flexible and having fun, because if we lose fun, then everything is lost. And I've seen statistics on happiness and it's closely related to us having fun. When you think about when was the last time that I was really happy, you were probably having fun. So that is also something that, you know, I want you to, to keep. Um, and another thing um, that you can think about is the emotional intelligence in everything that you're doing to really feel in your heartbeat. You know, what is it? How are you making sure that you're inclusive, that, you know, everybody's voice is being heard? How do you practice empathy and active listening and these human skills um, that, you know, these were pivotal in this moment of time. If you didn't have a strong emotional intelligence, you were not that good at being a facilitative leader. So I would really focus on that. And finally, you know, taking all these new learnings, these new skills to heart by reflection and making sure that's in your practice regularly. And it could be small reflections that you have with yourself in the shower, But I would want to leave it with, you know, it's not a review, it's not a repetition of something that's happened. It's really trying to go deep and find, you know, how did I feel about this certain thing and what have I learned and how can I use that? How can I, you know, translate that learning into a dare for tomorrow? Uh, So, you know, ending the loop and through reflection uh, ongoing is, is something that I really stand by.
0: That sounds really fun. The fun way, a fun yeah. mindset to go about uh, living life.
1: It is. And, you know, ironically, that way of thinking, yes, it's about, you know, you embodying this role and these skills, but you're doing it for others. You so know,
0: Others have space to be it, themselves.
1: Yes, you're doing it for others. And, you know, everything that you do as a leader, you're a role model. So do share everything that you're doing. You know, don't feel like just because you're you know, a boss doesn't mean that you don't you don't share your trials and tribulations with your team. So transparency is uh, is also a key.
0: So now we are at the our end of our little adventure and I'm wondering how would the facilitator leader end things?
1: That's a really good question because things tend not to end, right? You know, we are enforcing loops and it's iterative and but actually Daring to end is a really good skill to have because it sets a moment of time that is also finite. It sets, for example, when facilitating workshops, you know, everybody attending those workshops and participating in them do have an appreciation of the fact that there is an ending, you know, there's a, it's a time box and you can use time boxing, uh, in this way to just really help and structure things. But also, let's say you have a team member leaving uh, your workplace. Often we tend to have, or they did back then, uh, they had uh, maybe like a little farewell fika party. But what I really like to think is, you know, if I was a, a person working at a company for many years, I am probably leaving because... I've learned everything there is to know. There, I've reached a point where it's like I need this change to develop. So, in a way, they're graduating. So, I would encourage facilitative leaders to design graduation parties for their team members leaving, because that's most most of the case. I think there's like seventy percent of people leaving companies because they they don't learn enough, or they or they have learned you know enough that they can within the remits so um graduation uh, is something to then look forward to as well as a team member it's like okay I'm going to use this time to learn as much as I can at this place because I'm allowed because I'm getting a graduation that's going to be my ending
0: I hear you that sounds like a fantastic and going out with a bank
1: exactly yeah. it's like you've done it you <laughs> have made it yeah. now you're going to go to our competitor <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to go and make it there as well because you are great That's the attitude.
0: Awesome. So finally, the time has come to leave Earth and uh, take you back home to Planet Facility. And I'm wondering, what are you gonna do on your Planet Facility this afternoon?
1: Actually, I'm gonna dare to rest. I'm gonna unwind and probably let my various different AIs just do all the stuff that I needed to do this afternoon. Um, they're my best friends, so I have coined them dare masters as well, and teaching them the art of daring to do. Uh, hopefully, they won't go crazy this afternoon, um, but I do trust them as as I trust my human friends.
0: Awesome! That sounds very interesting. <laughs>